This should be played at high volume. You're listening. Not us. Awesome. To the Grind Hours Podcast. You can either have the money and a hammer, or you can walk out of here. You can't have both. Joining me now, recording this at 11.05 on June 17th. Side note, there's a sh- just a ton of music, ton of music out today. So a lot of what we're about to talk about is going to get overshadowed. And I can't believe believe we're going to say that at the top. Uh, game six, NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors in the Steph Curry era now have four rings. And joining me like he does every Friday is my old WBCR partner, Austin Santiago. And Austin, the reason why I didn't put much on Twitter last night is because I'm having a hard time trying to come to terms with what we just saw. Not in a bad way. Not like, oh, I'm hating on the Warriors. I'm hating on Steph and and all this. I'm just trying to put this in perspective. Because literally the title of the, the A block for me is what now? Like what happens now? How do we? How, and the first question I have to you is this group of four, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Iguodala, they have four rings. How does this dynasty get told? That's a really good question. And I think um, what, what makes the Warriors, well, first of all, big congratulations to the Warriors. Big yeah. congrats to the Warriors. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to be on the day after they, they won it. Um, I think the way that this dynasty gets told is that I don't think there's ever been a dynasty more flexible, more malleable, more able to adapt than this Golden State Warriors for. I really don't think so. This in the team NBA. changed in the NBA. This team okay. changed basketball. This team changed the game of, of basketball forever. It will be forever debated whether it's for the for better or worse, but you can't deny the game has changed because of them. Someone tweeted last night and I think it sums up just how dynamic this dynasty is it was a simple tweet it said before KD with KD after KD (laughs) they're that good and that's not a knock on Kevin Durant I'm not doing that's not what that is it's not a knock on Kevin Durant it's 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 a compliment to this Warriors organization and saying look at what we built we successfully built a system that is truly plug and play you put anyone on a team with these four, barring major injury, because that's the only thing that stopped them. That's, the yeah, last that's couple the years, only thing that stopped them. You're right. This team is damn near automatic. And uh, I said from day one, when this finals matchup was official, people were crazy reading into the numbers and trying to moneyball this thing. This was never unwinnable for the Warriors. We've come too far. We've seen too much to ever doubt this Warriors team. Well, that's why I think it's so interesting. And, you know, the BPI and the 86%, and that's what, that's what Golden State should be printing on T-shirts right now, along with the, uh, you know, Steph's wife can't cook. Put, put 86% on a T-shirt. If I'm Draymond, that, that's the T-shirt I'm wearing. I'm not wearing the, uh, the championship T-shirt. I'm getting a T-shirt that says, the only thing that says, it says 86% in that Golden State yellow. That's all I'm that's all I'm wearing because it's you're right, but it 
you're in this business as, as much as I am, you understand that people get bored of people winning all the time. They don't, they want the new story. They want the new kid on the block. They don't want the, the old team that was there before that has three rings now has four. They don't want that storyline. They don't want it. Steph and, and Clay and Draymond, they got four now. They're in a whole uh, different conversation. They got four. And I don't know if they're slowing up because Steph and Clay aren't slowing up. I don't want to get into that. That that's not what I'm about today. I can I can, you know, handle that conversation in October, not the day after, June 17th, not the day after. I'm not looking, oh, is this can this be the next the start of the next you know, two peat for the Warriors. I'm not in that business. That's not why I'm here. And that's not what this show is going to be about. Can the Warriors repeat? I'm not, I'm not doing that. But my next question and, and, you know, my main group chat with my high school guys has been talking about it this morning. Is Steph an all-time player now? Is he a top 10 player now? I don't know. You know, someone, uh, I saw that exact question last night online. I saw someone ask that question and, uh, cause you know, I was all over Twitter last night, right. Um, between the, the game six and Rizzo hitting that walk off, I was all over Twitter, but, um, gotta love the Riz baby. Hey, you don't mess with the Riz man. But <laughs> I was, uh, I saw that it's step t- top 10 all time. And I truly, I don't even have the courage to answer that question right now. Um, because I have to like sit down and, and really, really. Um, yeah, I'm the same boat with you, but I like will say this. List. I will say this about that question. To me, he's a top three guard of all time. There, you can't name three guards better than Steph in the history of the NBA. You can't. You just simply can't. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you can't. You can't. It's you can't. I guess not. I'd say I'll say this much. Here's what I can say with, with certainty, without question. Um, I think Steph Curry is the greatest shooter in the history of basketball. Oh, um, we knew that. The, the rings just validated. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you, you want to be careful with like ring culture, with like the ring argument, because there's a lot of people out there who will tell you that Draymond is a better power forward than Charles Barkley just because Draymond has four rings, and like that's not true. You know what no. I mean? So, like, but, but I'm just saying you want to be careful with, like, the ring no, argument. I, uh, b- but my context is you can win that way. You can win shooting threes. That was, you know, that's why the game has changed. It's Steph and Clay have shown that it is valuable and that it matters and that you can win rings, plural, not one, plural, shooting threes. And the greatest shooter of all time can win. Because, you know, Reggie Miller doesn't have a ring. And he was the greatest shooter of all time. He, he was top. He's top three. Yeah. So, yeah. Ray Allen, I know he has, you know, he has two rings. But, you know, Steph is four. And the last thing I will say on Steph is I think he will get to top ten all time. When he's all said and done. I don't know how many rings he's going to have. I don't know how many threes he's going to have. But I think that when it's all said and done, he can get there. I don't know if he's there now, but he is definitely on the way to to being an all-time great player. And I think he's already – 
he's already part of that conversation. Whether he's top 10 all time, who knows? That's, that's for, I think, to debate when he's retired. Currently, I think he's a top three guard of all time because I don't think you could name three guards. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, so I, 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 we don't want to get into this rabbit hole. I, I, I think it's a, it's a good point, though. He could be top three. He might have unseated somebody. Like, I think Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant are top three all time, right? And then that third slot is where the change comes in. I think a lot of people would argue Dwayne Wade. But um, – They got the same amount of rings. Yeah, exactly. So and, and it's, a, it's an interesting comparison because Dwayne Wade defensively Actually, was a monster no. too. No, Steph's got more. Steph has one more ring. Wade's got yes. three. Curry's got four. Um, but again, like, it, is that is that the tie break? Is that really it? You know, looking at their body of work, you know, it's it's tough. It's to an say. interesting conversation. It's an interesting yeah. conversation, and I just I'd rather have that conversation rather than oh, can the Warriors repeat? Uh, like, but two other quick notes. Is there a better basketball life? than Steve Kerr because he's got nine five as a player now four as a head coach yeah man I, and I've been saying this since I've been saying this since probably 2016 like I've been saying this for a minute like no Steve Kerr slander allowed Steve Kerr is a damn good coach this is not like LeBron's teams where like the coach is truly just a figurehead and like Spoh's LeBron. a good coach. Yeah. Stop that. Spoh's, I don't, like, I don't want to suppose a good coach. Well, more like those, those Cle- like David Blatt, like those yes. Cleveland days, you know, um, and any coach on the Lakers right now, um, <laughs> you know, with the exception of Spo, like those are like coaches are just figureheads. LeBron was running the show and that's not the case here. The Warriors are a well coached team. Steve Kerr is a great basketball mind. I have a, I've had this theory for a very long time. It, it, I don't know if it was a hot take or not, but it, I don't think Steve Kerr was mediocre doesn't necessarily mean bad. Um, role players, guys that were role players in their NBA careers are more often than not better head coaches than superstar players that get into the head coaching game. Yeah, I would agree with that. Maybe it's maybe it's because they had more time on the bench and they had more time to watch the game from that perspective. You know, it, they, these guys tend to have higher IQs in terms of coaching than superstar players that get into the coaching game. So, um, I mean, you look at Steve Kerr, look at Doc Rivers, you know, um, look at, um, oh, his name is blank. He used to coach the Thunder and then he coached the Wizards. Um, oh, Scotty Brooks. Scotty Brooks, you know, these are uh, guys, they're good coaches. You know, Steve uh, Kerr's the best out of the group you just mentioned. The best player, yeah, but no, I'm saying the best out of the coaches that you just mentioned Kerr, Rivers, and Scotty Brooks. Yeah, yeah, he's the best coach out of that group. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And, and, um, God, just a winner. Nine rings. He's, he's going to end up being our version of Red Arbach. Yeah, he's going to be our you know. or Phil Jackson or Phil Jackson. That's right. He's now in the same conversation. I know Phil's got one more ring, but Steve Kerr has 11. I think Phil has 11. Oh, he might have 11. He might have one for the yeah. for the big toe on the on the foot. But um, no, Steve Kerr. I mean, you can't get much better than this. You can't. 
And how apropos is it that like Steve Kerr, who his whole career was this lights out three point shooter, has has helped build a dynasty that lives off the three point shot, but does it more consistently than we've ever seen? Well, it's not just the three pointer. You know, they had a re- I don't remember the the exact number of offensive rebounds, but they had a, a ridiculous amount of offensive rebounds. They played really good defense. They forced Boston into like 20 something turnovers. So it's not just the three point shot. And that's what I think Kerr has done to, to this group is give them more context than, oh, we're just a team that shoots threes or just a team that, you know, is really good on the offensive end. They, they rebounded well in this series. They played tremendous defense in this series and really throughout these playoffs because look at what they did with Toluca and, you know, when Ja was healthy. I know Ja got his a little bit, but when he was healthy, that couldn't even beat him. So defensively, they showed up and they were better. And I just – I want to give roses to, to Steve Kerr because he's the – the mastermind behind all of this and really quick note kenny atkinson net coach legend who got bounced because Kyrie didn't like him he gets a ring he finally gets a ring props to kenny atkinson because Kyrie didn't like him that's why no no no. you think i'm lying that they didn't no Kyrie i believe you like I, with the that Kyrie pulled over the last year i believe it it's fine Last question before we get out of here. Where would you rank this out of the four championships that this Warriors quote-unquote dynasty has gotten? Where would you rank this out of the four? It's a good question. Um, I'm going to say number two, only because you, you never you only get one first. Yeah? Can't beat your first, but this one is number two. It skyrocketed to the second one because um, it felt like it meant more it felt like a we're not done just yet statement. We still got it. Um, Steph Curry showed it last night, you know, with his emotion. I don't remember seeing him get that emotional after a, uh, um, a finals win and from the other three. It was a big I told you so feel to this finals for the Warriors. And you can tell how much it meant to them. And last night they just let it all out after that final buzzer. And I think what makes the sport so great, what makes basketball so beautiful is that after that final buzzer and an NBA finals champion is crowned, to me, it feels like um, the first few minutes after the ball drops on New Year's Eve, because there's all this drama, there's all this buildup, there's all these storylines and, and, and dirt being thrown around on all over the league. And then the final buzzer goes and we have a champion and we know that we are looking at the best basketball team in the world and you're seeing how much it means to these guys and honestly last night I felt a sense of relief and even with all the slander I've thrown around about the Warriors in the past with KD and Draymond I still know this is a damn good team I'm lucky to see them play and I'm genuinely happy for them because basketball is beautiful and they played basketball beautifully and they deserve it so it's that perspective that comes when the confetti falls there's a few things like it I think I, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, it did have a lot of similarities to me to their first ring, but this ring, it was a redemption tour. 
it was a nobody believes in us because, you know, Steph, even he was injured before the playoffs. <clears throat> Forget his injury a couple of years ago. That made him miss all that time. He was injured before the playoffs started. Clay missed two years. And yeah. didn't he couldn't move. Like literally, he said he couldn't drive. He couldn't walk around. He was getting, you know, antsy could uh, you know, and forget quarantine. He he couldn't walk. Like that's how bad the um the injuries were. So it's the perspective. I actually like this this championship more because it is the you know, we came back from all this adversity and people were talking, you know, you could dig up the receipts. People were talking about the end of the Warriors dynasty. Do they, do they move on? Do they trade Draymond? Do they just start over when they were the worst team in the league record wise? And now to get here, it, it's, it's a championship story. True and tr through and through it is a championship story. It is a no, people forgot how great we were. And they're still great. They are. Still great. You know, and only, yeah, and only going to get better. There's so much young talent there. Um, Gary Payton the second, Jordan Poole. I mean, just. Michigan guy, Jordan Poole. Just got, I mean, Jordan Poole needs to have a little bit of a tighter leash. Uh, I appreciate that Steve Kerr lets his guys go out there and play in ISO situations. But he can, he can be reined in a little bit. He's not Steph Curry. Um, but in any event, he, you know, he, he's someone that's going to form and mold into an all around great player in this league. And Gary Payton's no different. Um, Wiggins may have found a home long-term who knows. We'll see. I I'm historically, this team is so fun because of where they fit in. They have four rings and not many core groups. Teams have four rings. This is like the eighties. It's, it, it is like the eighties all over again, where you have your yeah. core. And you just fill in the pieces around that core. Exactly. And it's, it, it's a beautiful thing to watch in hindsight. You know, we, we hated those heat teams that LeBron was on when he was doing it because I mean, I hated those heat teams back in the day. I was a bandwagoner. I didn't hate them. You were, I, I hated that heat <laughs> team, but man, that was good basketball. I look back on it now fondly. I almost wish we could have it back. Um, but now we kind of have a, a sense of that with the Warriors. Um, yeah, but this was homegrown. Steph Clay and right. were drafted. Right. So, and I think that's what's incredible. That's what's, that's the most incredible part of the whole thing. Uh, this, is a, this is an organizational team. And like people were, the jury was out on Steph. I mean, for a, a while there before he blew up. Cause he, he blew up in New York. That's where it happened. That uh -huh. first game in the guard, he dropped 54 or 51 points. 53 points. He was, and, I was and, hooked that day. And he never slowed down. It, it only got bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, congrats to Steph. Congrats to Clay. Also, shout out to Clay for all of – have you seen all of, like, Steph, uh, Clay's post-game stuff? I've seen – I mean, I talk about the Grizzlies stuff. Grizzlies, the – it's a whole mess of stuff. Clay, I've seen Clay's his Grizzly – I've seen his Grizzly, his grizzly uh, call out, which is funny because I'm pretty sure Jaron Jackson's younger than him, but – um Bozo. It, it is that is crazy and you know what? that's going to be a fun rivalry next year uh the west is going to be hot because memphis isn't going to back down memphis is a couple of young gunslingers uh that may have you know i think they might if they stick together and really grow you never know what they can do um but growing pains for the grizzlies and that's gonna be a fun rivalry to watch for years to come i hope so shout out to clay but 
think that's a good place to end, Austin. Tell the people what you got going on, where they can find you, all that good stuff. What do I have going on? Uh, well, mostly work, but you can find me on Twitter at AirSanti, A-I-R underscore Santi, or on Instagram, Austin underscore M underscore Santiago. That is what I have going on. Hey, not for nothing, Joe, you and I got to get on the horn again and talk about uh, what's going on in the world of wrestling, my friend. Vince McMahon, under investigation, but advertised to be on SmackDown tonight. This isn't a storyline. This is just weird shit that's happening. I'm praying to God I get to produce the story at work today. <laughs> well, I hope that works out for you. And uh, I know the NBA season just ended, but the uh, some would argue the season has just begun with the with the draft and, and all the free agency craziness that's going to happen because we're now in Woj bomb season. Here we are. And Knicks are going to bring somebody in. Knicks are going to bring someone home. I don't know who it's going to be, but someone's coming. Someone's coming. Probably Russell Westbrook, but someone's coming. Like, <laughs> and you'll buy, you, you'll buy yourself into that. Oh, my God. I'll be the happiest person. Alive. Listen, don't get me started because you have to get off the air. But I'll be all in on Russell Westbrook if he comes to New York. Austin, be good, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy? Talk to you soon, man. Thanks for having me. Feed Hudson Valley is a regional food rescue and harvesting network in the Hudson Valley operating through Dutchess, Orange, Ulster, Columbia, Green, Putnam, and Sullivan counties. It links donors of prepared but unserved food and fresh produce with nonprofits and food assistant programs through an app-assisted network of food donors, volunteers, and feeding agencies. Feed Hudson Valley facilitates the harvesting, processing, and distribution locally grown or produced agricultural products, self-stable food donations, and prepared nutritious foods. The app used is called Chowmatch, and it is easy for volunteers to download and use. Among the donors are restaurants, farms, food makers, stores, hospitals, and universities. The food assistant programs include food pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters. Volunteers are matched through the Chowmatch app when a donation is available. They can indicate that they are available to make a run and then pick it up for a donor and deliver it to the agency. The Feed Hudson Valley Network currently includes over 300 volunteers, 130 donors, and 95 receiving agencies. Last year on average, Feed Hudson Valley rescued and redirected over 12,000 pounds of food each month. Feed Hudson Valley could use more donors and volunteers. To learn more and sign up, visit feedhv.org. Again, that's feedhv.org. One more time, spelled out, F-E-E-D-H-V.org. Now back to the podcast. Joining me now is, I believe, the first guest uh, on the on this podcast in general, uh, Dayton Brown. Dayton, thank you so much for getting up a little bit early. I, you know, you got a daughter, so you're, you're up early anyway. But um, <laughs> staying with the Warriors for the second part of this pod. And right off rip, Dayton, I want to get on a comment that Joe Lacob, the, the owner of the Warriors, said a couple of years ago where he said that they he wanted this organization 
to win for the next 10 years. I believe that was right after the 19 finals, right after they lost to Toronto. Then all hell breaks loose. You know, Clay misses two years, Steph gets injured, Draymond gets injured. It seems like it's rock bottom. And I said this at the, the tail end of last block that they were, people were saying, is this the end for the Warriors? Is it time to blow it up? Is it time to trade Draymond? Is it time to, you know, maximize the draft picks that they have and get good veterans? They didn't do that. And now they're here. Now they're, they've got four and eight years. It's a dynasty. So who are you going to give more credit to? Are you going to give credit to Steve Kerr? Or are you going to give credit to Joe Lacob for setting up that picture for, uh, for the organization? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, it, it, it's tough to, to really uh, signal out one person that gets more credit than the others because this really was a team championship and I am so happy that we were able to witness this, you know, as somebody who really hasn't been rooting for the Warriors very often over the last, you know, years and whatnot, <laughs> I can tell you that I am actually ecstatic to see this team win. Um, and it, it really does start from the top down. And another guy, not only Lake up and incur that deserve credit, but also Bob Myers for putting this team together too. Yep. But yeah, J- I, I, Lake up's comments towards the end of, of that year that you mentioned, that's really where it kind of kickstarted everything. Um, I think for um, the, because the mentality for the Warriors was literally at rock bottom when, when Clay Thompson goes down with that injury. And then on top of KD leaving, it's like, Oh wow, look at what this team is left with. Um, And then the injuries to, to Curry and Draymond on top of that. And and this team did hit rock bottom. They were the second worst team in the NBA a couple of years ago. They had the worst record in the NBA. They had the worst record in the NBA. Right. Yeah. Um, And by the way, the second overall pick that they got, that was, you know, supposed to help them get out of that hole. He didn't play very much this year. They, they, they really didn't need that guy, which I think is remarkable, but to get back to your question, I think for this championship specifically, I think the most credit, overall between those two guys should go to Steve Kerr because in general, I'm not even just, Oh, because, and and, you know, good with the warriors for sticking with Kerr because you're not going to get, you're not going to get rid of a guy that won three titles for you, but he stayed the course. He still believed, he still believed that it wasn't just, you know, those guys that made his system because they, they changed the entire makeup of the role players. For the first three championships, it was older guys. It was guys right. who were veterans, who've been around the block, who know how to play basketball. This time, other than Wiggins, it was young right. guys. It was guys that they brought in. It was guys they drafted. So this, this championship is homegrown. It is it's... through and through homegrown. Yes, you, you know you have your one-offs with Wiggins and, and, and guys like that, but – this ring really is an organizational yes. ring. And you could and it's kind of funny because the, you know the KD was like, oh well, you just bought two rings. Well, they kind of did, but mm. they also have two rings that are organizational rings with the oh, core. Yeah. So yeah, the fact that, that core stayed together was the key to it, obviously, because yeah. the Warriors are very smart. Blowing that up would have been a terrible idea. And a lot of people were 
you know, hinting at that because, you know, you have a couple down years in a row. It's easy to say that, especially when, like you said, worst team in the league. Um, but the Warriors always believe in themselves, and that's really the key here. And, you know, to see how emotional Steph Curry got towards the end there, I think really encapsulates what this team has gone through. Yes. And, and one thing I will say is, and this is going to my next point, is it kind of reminded me, I had a flashback to the last dance where Jordan won his fourth. And I believe his fourth was the first ring that his dad never saw him win. And, you know, it's the, or that actually might've been five, but what, wherever Jordan's, you know, on the, I think it was like episode eight of, of the last dance where Jordan's on the floor sobbing because he got back and he, and he won, and he won again. That's what Curry bent over you know on the court on the opposite end was for me it was oh he now actually gets it he didn't take it he's not taking this one for granted this time because you know when you're young and you win three times in five years you're like oh this is how it's supposed to go this is how it's just supposed to be now experiencing all that losing and you know, Curry was hurt before the playoffs started. So his season was in jeopardy. Up he was coming the off the bench earlier this playoffs. Right. That's, that's, that's the crazy thing about this team is Steph Curry was coming off the bench, right? Jordan Poole was going off. And then it came around to what are we going to do when Curry's hunt, you know, 100% or close to 100%. Like what the fact that that Warriors team just went through all that and then were able to come out with a championship is, is so impressive and, uh, yeah, super happy for this team. And, uh, or yeah, the perfect summary for this is organizational win. And they really suck through it. And, and, and yeah, they were at rock bottom. That's the crazy thing is they were literally at rock bottom two years later. They're, they're kings again. And it was, like you said before the pod, we are witnessing history. And I'm, I'm really glad that we are because this is a, this is a great dynasty. The only thing that I can, you know, draw this to in modern day history. Is San Antonio. This is a mm-hmm. San Antonio type run where, you know, Steph, Clay, and Draymond are Manu, Tony Parker, and Tim Duncan. Yeah. And, you know, Steve Kerr's pop. This is that type of run. And it has a feeling. And I, I said in the first part, I don't want to get into, you know, is this the next, is this the first ring of the next? golden state run i don't want to get into that Mm. but this does have the feeling of sustained success of being the san antonio of being the gold standard of the west always being in the conversation no matter who is on the team so for me they've reached that pinnacle of it's just not the players it's it's the it's the organization and that's something special and should be celebrated because there's a winning culture and now because of the group that won it because it was so young and an experience in title contention it's you know you, you have a championship organization you you have a real pedigree people want to talk about heat culture a lot well the golden state has a culture too also historically and I, I want to end the pod on uh, on two things. And I said I have a surprise for you. Well, 
I don't know if you've if you're good at counting, Dayton, but uh, Steph and LeBron have the same amount of rings. They are even mm-hmm. four. Correct. So now getting into you know the historical aspect and you know who's the player of the generation because LeBron was the player of the first part of this generation. Steph is the back half of this generation. Sure. And we are witnessing two all-time players at once. It's kind of reminiscent of Magic and Michael or Magic and Larry. And for you, who are you taking? Who gets more rings in the next five years? LeBron or Curry? Steph Curry. Here's the thing. Wow, not even a thought. Whoa. It's 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 Curry, and it's because it's because of the consistency. Here's the thing. LeBron's career has been consistent in terms of him being able to get to the finals, right? But ever since he's left Cleveland for the first time, teams for him, besides a couple guys here and there, the consistency isn't there. Coaches, how many, how many different coaches has LeBron had? I mean, especially since he's left Miami, right? So, it, you know, if, if they win either the same amount of rings or maybe LeBron wins one more in the next five years. I wouldn't, I, I would be a little surprised, but I'm not saying it can't happen, but if you're asking me right now in the next five years, I, 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 I mean, and I know you said, let's not talk about it now, but the Warriors I think are going to have a pretty, especially compared to if they were in the Eastern conference, I think they're going to have a pretty good time and possibly a, a, an easy path to get, back to the finals this upcoming season um i mean the west is going the west is going to get better and they're young and they're but look at how the warriors took care of business across the board this season i mean and, and especially in the playoffs with with curry coming off the bench and all the problems they were facing they just find ways to win now lebron we're hearing rumors in the next five years he's going to be wherever wherever Bronny goes that's where lebron's going to be i don't know if he's going to be wearing a championship in oklahoma city or or wherever Bronny ends up going to um and also it's, would that be yeah, could, I mean, like I said, I can't rule anything out with LeBron. But if you're if if you're asking me right now, yeah, it's it's going to be Steph Curry in the and and you're right. This is kind of a back end generational thing, and right in the middle of this generation of LeBron and then Curry, we got Kevin Durant, right? Kevin Durant's also kind of in that in that in that. I don't want to talk about of, Kate. That's the I, number I one guy. That's my guy. I don't want to talk about KD because if you talk but, about KD today, all it's going to be is oh, where does how does KD look now? And I don't want to sure. get to that. That that that's a BS I'm with conversation. You too. I I hate that that is a talking point right now because and Bomani Jones said it perfectly. Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, took care of business with the Warriors, and then he left. He did what he essentially said he was going to do in the first place. Why are we ever mad about that? And why do we continue to compare them? But with that point being said, I think and I'm glad that you brought up the generational part is because those finals with, you know, the 17 and 18 finals with Kevin Durant on the Warriors with, with that core going up against LeBron and the Cavs. Now that we're looking back on it, that is going to be, that's even more special of a, of, of a couple of finals, even though, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't super competitive. You know, the Warriors really handled business, took care of business. Looking back on that now, it's like, you know, those, those are the, that's the three, the three generational players right there were all playing in the same finals two years in a row. I think that is really special. And then to see the Warriors come back in 2022 and win another chip against all odds, really, it was um, a lot of special basketball. So, you know, I'm really glad we got to witness it. So, I'm shocked. At, I'm not shocked about your answer because, you, you know, I'm not going right. to you know, dog you for, for picking Curry. 
I'm you know how I feel about that, LeBron, though. I, I'm shocked about that it wasn't even a thought. Like you, oh, I, I, I didn't even finish the sentence, and you said Curry. So the only thing, I, you know, I, I'm a LeBron fan. I'm also a Steph fan. I like both of them. But to not to count out LeBron, I think is a little bit dis- disingenuous, and and a lot of people are going to do that because of you know Steph just won it. LeBron didn't make the playoffs. Well, Steph didn't Steph didn't make the playoffs a couple of years ago too, and it's going to be very interesting because you know I've said this about LeBron before. I think Steph is the number one competitor to LeBron's legacy. Because everybody loved LeBron, then Steph shows up, takes all of his thunder, wins a unanimous MVP, three rings, mm. and everyone's singing kumbaya with Steph. And now Steph just got four. He just tied LeBron. So if you're LeBron, part of you has to be thinking, I would say, I would say a large part of you, I'm not letting this guy get another one. If I have mm. any say about it, and they are in the same conference, if I have any say about it, I'm not letting this guy get another one while I'm here. And that fuel, I think, is going because Steph doesn't have that. Steph, I don't really get. I don't think Steph really gives a, a crap about LeBron because Steph's in his own universe. LeBron, I think, using that and that competitive edge, I think, is more volatile and can be used better than what Steph and you know that you know the second run. They're going to be great. This is going to be fantastic basketball to watch. And I, I, I'm all for watching both of these guys get one or even two more rings. But that conversation, and this is, you know, I'm di- this is the deepest I'm going to dive into sports talk radio topics today. Because I'm not, you know, I'm not entertaining <laughs> the, is this the next dynasty? Is, the, is this the first one of the next three? Or, you know the KD conversation or even, even this with LeBron, I feel a little bit dirty because this is, you know, it's a good question. It's a good question. It's a good question. It is a good question, but I feel like I'm discounting what the Warriors have accomplished here by even bringing up LeBron. Sure. So it's the deepest I'm going to dive into, but it's a bit, it's interesting that they both now have four. They're in the same conference and both of them, they don't have to see each other in the finals anymore. Both of them mm-hmm. can handle business before they even get to the finals. So that's the interesting part, but I think that's a good place to end. Dayton, tell the people what you got going on, where they can find you, all that good stuff. All right, guys. Yeah, just be sure to check out uh, Saints FPC um, and also good good friends over at Rip City Project uh, for any NBA stuff. Um, and then also if you're interested in um, a lot of mock drafts, NFL stuff, Check out my good friends over at All Time Misfits podcast. Um, they do do a lot of mock drafts and they talk NBA, MLB. Um, and I'll probably be hopping on some of their pods as a guest here soon. And uh, yeah, always catch me on anything Joe's doing. Anything Joe's doing, I am interested in and always hopping on. So thanks for having me, boss. No problem, man. Uh, as the summer months continue, we, we have now entered Woj Bomb territory. So I yes. will definitely have you on again throughout the summer and uh i'm coming for the crown in fantasy this year best believe our, our dynasty league i'm yes. going for the crown this year I, i'm going you, going for gold 
you got the tools and you got the uh, you got the ammunition to make the run. So I'm excited to see what'll uh, what'll come from that. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a great season. It's, I think it's gonna be really competitive. I'm gearing up, gearing up for for this fantasy football season for for Let's this go. league in particular. I, I yes. am I've you know this is my Warriors run. I've collected all the ammunition <laughs> and I'm going for gold this year, man. It's 2015 for you. I like it. Okay, let's do it. Be easy, brother. All right, I'll talk soon. You too. Peace out. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. SeatGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, music fans, comedy fans, theater fans, fans of tickets. Use my code GRINDHOUR to get into the building to get yourself a seat. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at checkout for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. One more time, code GRINDHOUR. That's G-R-I-N-D-H-O-U-R at checkout. Joining me now to finish up the week is the Cuzzo. And I wouldn't have it any other way to finish up the week than by talking Yanks. Shout out John Boy Media. Uh, but Yankees are on a tear. We're actually recording this at 6.32 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. So it's, again, a little, uh, it's weird. First thing we're recording for the Friday pod, but it's the last thing that's being attached. Whatever. Bookkeeping. I just want to, you know, keep it a buck here. But they're go Yankees are going for their 14th straight home win. They're going for the sweep against Tampa Bay. I think it's Clark Schmidt on the mound tonight because uh, Luis Severino went into COVID protocol. But the main part that I want to ha- ask you, John, here is has Tampa Bay to this point not surpassed Boston as the number one rival, but are they equal to the Red Sox? Okay, so I think in the grand scheme of things, no. But in the short time that they've existed, and in the last 10 years, yes. <laughs> well, not even in the last 10 years, really since, you know, I, I, I'm thinking, 19. yeah, no, since 19, but even the last 10 years. To me, Tampa has really become pain in the side of Yankee fans. I can all I can think back to, like, I forget what season was exactly, but I remember, and you know what I'm going to say, or you feel, I think you know what I'm going to say, when Evan Longoria hit a walk-off. That was the 2000 and I want to say, like, 2015. 14 2013 season something like that but since that moment that 
moment, I think specifically, it's like the radar pops up and then slowly but surely, maybe they weren't like they're that prevalent but in the last few years. Yes, absolutely. They are, they are, they are just as much a pain in the side of Yankee fans and the Yankees as much as Boston and Houston, respectively. Yeah, I think they've surpassed Houston at this point, even with all of yeah. the allegations going on, yeah. or, or even with all the you know the you know bad blood between them and not allegations, but the the bad because everything is resolved there. But the bad blood that has come as a result of the seventeen and the nineteen seasons. With the, with the Rays, it really started with the 95ers, with Kevin Cash coming out about, you know, we got a whole stable of guys that can throw 95-plus. To now, this series, I don't know if you've caught any of the Rays broadcast from this series. No, I haven't, but I know you gave me an inkling yesterday or the day before. They were pissed, absolutely pissed at the uh, – the Glaber toe tap being called correctly, mind you. This isn't Yankee boys defending a ludicrous call. No, Tampa Bay just didn't have the angle. Yes, had the angle yeah. that showed that his foot was still on the bag. So yeah. they were pissed off at that. I can't even imagine what they were, were going on about yesterday with, uh, with the pitching change in the eighth. Or yeah, yesterday because it's you know we're, it's still Thursday when we're recording this, but I couldn't even imagine that. So add that to another layer. Plus, this team is the number one adversary in the division. I know Toronto's on a hot streak. I know they're they're playing really really good baseball, but there's not that the bad blood doesn't exist between. No. Is is it competitive because it's a division rival? Of course. But it's not – there's no yeah. bad blood. There's not no either. hatred towards the other side. Yeah. I really think that this group of Yankees hates Tampa as much as the early 2000s teams hated Boston. I, I think so. I would agree to that. And I think, like I said, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think Tampa will, like, become – no, new, I don't either. But but in the last few years, I will definitely say I, I agree with you. I think this group of guys has more beef with Tampa than I think any Yankee team has ever had, and they have more than than more beef than the Red Sox. And thinking about that, you and I have both been together, mind you. Even you and I have both gone to home Yankee games against the Red Sox and against the Rays. And I would say they match in terms of intensity. Yes. Because from I the crowd's remember, perspective, absolutely. Yes. I remember from the crowd's perspective, they matched intensity. Clearly we remember our, well, I forget what was, geez, man, how long ago was that? The Boston game with Bradley, you know, like that, that was all oh my, when we were sitting there, the, <laughs> I, I, that was what, 18. I want to say that's that was 2018. Eight. I think that was 18, where the guy, we were in center field, and the guy was yes. JBJ. Yes, which was so then, hilarious. The last Yankee game I've been to was against Tampa, and I remember we were trying to get a rally, and I remember losing my voice. I don't think I've screamed that much in I don't know how long, and I didn't have my voice after the, the next couple of days, but was it worth it? Absolutely. 
because that's what the crown brought. It's not like I was doing this like a raving lunatic. The entire <laughs> stadium was this fanatic. Yeah, it Literally, was. Um, I no, it, I agree with you, and I've been to. I would say since Judge came up in seventeen, I've gone to the equal amount of Rays and Red Sox games. And you're 100% right. It is like game seven of the World Series. Every time. Every time either the Rays or the Red Sox are in the building. And there's just something fun about that. And I enjoy the bad blood because, and it goes both ways. I was pissed off when Kevin Cash said, you know, we got a, we got a stable of 95ers and the whole hats and, the, and everything. And I'm going to the World Series and dancing all, and, and you know, a Rose Arena hitting bombs against us. I, I, I get that. And I was pissed off at this, uh, at that. And I'm sure Rays fans are pissed off at this. And they were pissed off at CeCe for throwing at Jesus Sucre way back when. And this is good. Uh, bad blood like this, where it doesn't extend to like Don Zimmer-esque brawls. Yes is great for the sport and it's really good if you're a yankee fan because that what we haven't got from the red sox rivalry we are getting from the from this rivalry with the race there's a there's a new contender basically yes because and that's you know we've talked about uh this the we've talked about the celtics revenge tour on on the pod but i would i would dare as much to say is maybe this season so far so far has been a bit of a Yankees. They, I said this before on the pod, they put out a, a video for the fans on opening day before the Yankees took the field of no more excuses. No more. And excuses. I thought it was extremely bold on opening day for that to, to, to that, for that to be the message that they were sending their fans. But so far this year, there is no excuses. It's all business. It's all let's go get 28. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah, it's 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 firing on all cylinders. And like I'm looking at the standings right now. Like I off on my split screen. I'm looking at the standings. It's it's a far cry. I mean, the only team that comes even close is our neighbor friendly neighborhood Mets. Yeah. And in terms of like the entire league. No, we're in a league of our own. And even the Yankees right now are the better team than the Mets. They are. Yeah. But New York baseball right now, and I'm going to give props for what props is due. The Mets are holding their own. They're doing well. But the Yankees are, like, looking at – Don't tell the Mets fans that. They don't want to believe they're doing well yet. They're waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's only June. Shh. I know. They're going to – I'm the jinx. I'm, I'm don't talk about it yet. All the tortured Mets fans are like, wait, whoa, whoa. they're looking up. Where's the other shoe? When is it going to end? When are they going to wake us up? The size 18 boots coming down. But, I mean, looking at our division, though, circling back to the Yankees, like nine and a half games we got to lead on Toronto, 11 games on Tampa, nine and a 13 half, games. And it's June, and I don't want to – I'm not uh, – this whole podcast, or this part of the podcast, is not, you know, counting the chickens before they roost. Yes, absolutely, because I want to – I will bring – I will even – I dare bring up the. I dare circle back to the Mets. No, 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 no. The podcast that we did during, um, I guess it was 2020, when like 
like when we went up to uh, the cabin for Trisha's yeah. birthday, when we had recorded the podcast and I said, relax, like it's not, or the various times I had said when the shoe was on, when we were on, speaking of the shoe on the other foot, being on the flip side of Yankee fans being in a, in a, in a panic and saying, relax, this is not, this is not the end of the world. So that's why I will flip around and say that while the Yankees are doing really, really, really well, it's it's about keeping it going. It's about. I thought you were going to bring up the Mets collapse in 07. No, no, no. <clears throat> That's where I thought you were going, but. No, 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 no. I'm not that heartless. Before uh, before, I ask you one more question before we get out of here. What have I said to you and to any Yankee fan that will listen when it comes to postseason baseball? We need home field. Doesn't yeah. matter. We need home field. And yeah. that's the that's the number one thing. Win the division, have the best record in baseball, have home field throughout the entire playoffs. Because yeah. Yankee Stadium matters. Yeah. The we, home field doesn't really matter anywhere else. There, there are a few places in the league where it does matter. But the know, number one place where it matters and time of year when it matters is Yankee Stadium in October. There is yeah. nothing else like it. Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks, they have their 12th man. But before there was the 12th man, there was Yankee Stadium. Yes, it was the 10th. And that's a perfect transition into what do you think right now? I don't care about batting order positions, but what do you think is the best starting nine right now? DH included. You could start from left. That's Go hard. around the outfield, then around the horn. That's 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 hard. Do you want I, mine first? Sure, because of what, well, I'll say this. For me, it's hard. I have to think about it. I'll let you go first because I like the fact that we're using everybody. I like the versatility, and I like the fact that maybe the knock on wood, maybe the analytics department figured something out. I don't know. You know and with the, with the changing. Crunch the numbers right this time. I think two plus two does equal four this season, not seven. <laughs> so my best, my, my best nine, again, I'm not giving you a batting order. I'm giving you the, the, the defensive positioning. You could yeah. figure, we could figure out batting order later, but the best nine right now for me, Gallo in left judge in center Stanton in right around the horn Donaldson IKF. DJ, Rizzo, Trevino behind the plate, Nestor on the mound, and and Glaber as the DH. I would even put, you know, Donaldson as the DH. Put um, Actually, yeah, put Donaldson at the DH, DJ at third, and Glaber at second base for the, the best defensive I like alignment. That. I like that. I like that. Would, you wouldn't argue same. Hicks over, over, uh, over Gallo? Left. No, I, I mean, maybe I'm a little biased because I have Joey Gallo on my fantasy team, so I want to see Joey Gallo play and do well. Um, time will tell. Time will tell on that. I will say I will also want to give shout-out to uh, – maybe I'm like – you're going to – I feel like I'm going to say this, and you're going to be like, well, you're late to the party. Like, he's off the, he's off the team now. But Matt Carpenter, I feel like he's done. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Well, yeah, would you put him in the uh... – would you bat him over Donaldson at this point? 
I like them both. I like them both. I think again, versatility. There's it, it's 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 hard. It's a good problem to have, but I like the the plethora of like the was it the plethora of riches. But I like the fact that we have a lot of guys, and I like the I would like the ability to keep like. See, that's the thing though. I don't want to see Josh Donaldson go, or uh, he's on the team now. I don't want to see him go. I don't want to see Matt Carpenter go. I don't want to see any of these guys leave. So whatever we can do to manage that and manage them well and use them in every capacity, even like Higgy, even Higgy, I don't want to see Higgy go. And no, I, I that's, think the, that's the thing. Higgs, I think this team. Yeah, no, I like this team as currently constructed. Top, top to bottom, I think this team is, I will say this, maybe this is a bold statement, but well-balanced. No, it, yes, it is. It's we well finally hit the point where like, we have a little bit of everything. Yeah. All right, John, I think that's a good place to end. Tell the people what you got going on, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Well, I don't really do like the social media thing, but I was thinking about this. I was thinking about, well, I can give a shout out. Let me give it, let me give a, like a, like a hot ones, you know, you know, not a sponsor, but like this a hot camera, one. this camera, this camera, this camera. Tell the people what you got going on in your life. Let me give a shout out to uh, the uh, the forgotten baseball team of Los Angeles and the uh, LA Angels. Thank God you guys broke the the losing streak. You know, kudos, kudos, you did it, you did it. So now you can breathe breathe a, fre- a breath of fresh air. However, I'm looking at the standings. I don't know. Uh, the wild card might be. Uh, I don't think it's too late for them. But oh, they got, they got they, Yeah, they got to start winning some games. I'll tell you that much. But Johnny, I, this was a uh, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All right, man. Peace. On this side of the coin, not the fake J Leo on Twitter, j.sports.blogspot.com, and of course this podcast. If you've reached this point, please like, subscribe, share this podcast to anybody who you seem fit. If you're on iTunes, please give us a review. Huge thanks to all the sponsors for today's podcasts. We're gonna take Monday off in observance of Juneteenth. So no podcast on Monday, but podcast Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. Happy Father's Day to every father out there who listens to the show and uh, enjoy it to the fullest with you and your family. And until next time, have a great, great weekend. It's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace.